I'm ready to play fantasy. I know I turn two in a day, but the lace isn't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The X flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words? I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points Man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn two Hey, everybody We are back Finally on the Turn Two Podcast Did you miss us? Be honest We had a lot of requests to come back on the air. We have obviously been off for obvious reasons. We've been off for obvious reasons. Things are going on in the world that we are not going to talk about. We are here to talk about baseball. That being said, um, me and John, MLB Moving Averages, really do obviously care about the situation. If anyone's going through a tough time, you want to talk about anything, anything at all, our DMs are open. Shoot us a DM. But we are here to talk about baseball. Um, I am your host, Matt Williams. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. Um, but we'll be talking about fantasy baseball before before we get started. John's going to say a couple of words uh, before we get right back into it. So, John, what's up, buddy? Um, you know, the obvious. And again, uh, I'm glad that you're back. And uh, for all the people that didn't know, you know, Matt is the rock here. And uh, he was getting at me behind the scenes and telling me we need to do this. And, you know, just for complete transparency, I didn't really feel like doing much of it. And now I do. And I think that goes to a greater point of in these times to not fold, right? Explain, you know, display that indelible American spirit that we're known for. So, again, we're not going to – I'm not going to harp on any of this stuff. We are going to get right into baseball after one last thing. I do consider myself, you know, uh, man – I have a bit of a hero complex. I really don't know how else to put it. When people are in need, I don't know what else to do but want to help. Some people out there have seen I've been running somewhat of a financial triage on Twitter and social media in general uh, for people that have been hurt in this. Unfortunately, you know, there are jobs being lost and portfolios being decimated and lots of people with a lot of uncertainty and without a plan. So, again, this is the very last thing that I'm getting at before we get into the bats and balls is that – Anybody at any time for any reason in anything in the financial field, I will help you. You can, if you think it's a general question and you want other people to know the answer, you put it in public. If you don't want anyone to repeat it, I am a vault. I swear on my kids, I will not repeat it. You will not be embarrassed or ashamed whatsoever. I take every question seriously from the absolute novice to the other professionals, okay? You do not have to lose it all in these times, okay? And I'm doing my best. I started up a Twitter group for this triage filled with 50 people in like under 10 minutes. I spent a few days tutoring and helping all these people. Now it's over and I want to get new people. And so please just don't hesitate. I hope that didn't go on too wrong. I never peddle fear. I only peddle strength, Okay, this is about teaching each other, helping each other, right? You've all heard the corny thing. Don't give a man a fish. You have to teach him to fish. Okay, I've always preached my followers. That, that is corner. totally not the saying, incidentally. Wait, what did I say? Like, give him a right. Well, give a give a man a fish. Give a man a fish. For a day, and you teach him to fish, and you go for a lifetime. Yeah, you what go. I'm talking about here <laughs> is creating a culture of fishermen, right? 
I don't want to catch the fish for everybody. I'm going to show you the rod. I'm going to show you the reel, and we're going to do it together, okay? Lion in the mouse, everybody helps everybody, all right? That being said, Matt, let's get into some baseball. I miss it so badly, and thank you from the bottom of my heart again. You're always so, so modest that Matt really was the driving force, and, and I feel great. I'm excited to get back into it, and I hope we make it regular again. Now I want to go fishing. You know, I've never been fishing. Embarrassing enough, I was born and raised in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, near all the boats, and I've never been fishing. Really? Oh, I love it. I used to go with my grandfather all the time, even ice fishing, which is pretty badass. It's fun. I mean, you know, you got to get your head wrapped around. I know kids and stuff. You got to you get your head wrapped around, like, you know, doing your own bait and stuff, which, you, again, you should. I mean, you learn to do all that stuff, and then taking the fish off the hook without cutting yourself. <laughs> There's all sorts of stuff as a beginner you need to do. But anyway, it's fun. Yeah, that's called rugged individualism, man. Like, I don't know how to do it. I wish I did, you know? <laughs> All right. So, hey, baseball, Ooh, we right? Just bantered. <laughs> I think that was the longest pre-show banter. That was that was something for everybody right there. Uh, so, yeah, we, we were wondering what the heck the topic should be for the show. But obviously, I'm going to be titling this show. So you already know what the show is about. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the, you know, how the delayed start. Because we're going to have baseball. You know, if, if you don't think so, you know, don't listen to the show because we're going to have baseball. That is the opinion of everyone on the show is they're going to be baseball. They're already playing over in Japan in front of empty audiences. If that's how it takes, that's what it takes. We're going to have some baseball here, but it's going to affect a lot of players as far as those with a current injury, those who are injury prone. It changes the value a lot based on how many games we end up having. So the question going around Twitter has basically been, do you value injured or injury prone players better or worse because of this? And obviously the answer, like always, is it depends. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go position by position or at least pitchers, split pitchers into hitters and kind of go through a few examples on how a shortened season will change people's values. And we're going to start starting pitch right at the very top. Justin Verlander, um, you know, he's been as steady as they come. And he, at the very end of spring training here, or in the middle of spring training, I should say, he's pulled out of a game against the Mets with a groin injury. Um, they announced probably because he has a whole bunch of extra time that he's going to go ahead and have a surgery on it. He'll be out about six weeks, which doesn't matter to anybody because we're, there's no baseball for longer than that. So Justin Verlander, as an example, is a person that had a huge you know, decrease in value, who I, in my opinion, now has no change in value. He's right back to starting pitcher three. Uh, John, do you have any disagreements there? Unless um, you didn't have them there to begin with. <laughs> well, if I, I think if we knew the exact timetable, I'd agree with you. And I think what's going to be a running theme for me here is I'm probably going to be fading as much uncertainty as possible because, you know, every missed game is an amplified percentage of missed time. Would you put Verlander in that? I mean, I understand well, that people that are injury prone, that would be worse. He's well, not. No, uh, this is not an injury prone argument. This is an injured now argument. Yeah. You know, so injured now is uncertainty. You know, we automatically assume timetables, successful injuries, no infections, and no uh, relapses. I guess yeah. that's another word. Set, setbacks is the word I mean. I don't mean a relapse. I guess I could be, but just a setback. So I don't want any of the any of these guys. Until I get definitive, I'm pretty much going to put it out there right now. I don't want anybody that isn't pumping 94 today. You know, all it, right, and the show is over, folks. Don't drop yeah, any of these guys. Thanks for coming. No, but you know, and it really is, it really is real to that because you're talking about not lowering value. If this guy's going to go in the first round and has a setback and he's going to miss, you know, a month, you could be talking about. A who knows a third of the season. It's so much. It's like layers of uncertainty here. So I don't want to be 
you know, accumulating. He's sitting there in the third round. Are you taking him? Uh, Well, now we're singing a a different tune. You know what I mean? Because again, price is everything where eventually that risk, that risk, you know, has right now he's going what the one, two turn is where he's. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Well, I've seen him probably go as high as like an 11 and probably as low as I got a 20. So yeah, he's, you know, he's a top round guy, man. Third round. Is his max pick kind of where you're, you're, you're comfortable taking him? Or past that, I'm, I feel a little stuck, and then my so my answer is no, I don't want him. You know, because again, I I'm I'm erring on certainty. Um, this is similar. You know, it's trying times right now. I'm not taking any trades that I'm wishy washy on because the risks are very high and the rewards are very high. So I need to develop a certain amount of certainty, like I said, and faith before I can go forward with anybody. You figure he's at six weeks, so that kind of puts him. Where's that? Like in the middle of May. I mean, if we get a May 1 start, he's already behind. If we get a June 1 start, he could be 100%. You know, so I think we need more information. I'm not really drafting right now. I, I am uh, I'm in the assumption we're looking at June 1st at the earliest, probably. Okay, I think, I think, Matt, I think that is probably a, something we should have said already. Right before we're all kind of arguing, we should have kind of based a piece of given information or at least a strong assumption. So yeah. I, I think that's a very strong place to start because – it gives ample time beyond the current, what I believe is overly hopeful window. And it's not too late where we'd say this is panic and it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, if we uh, one June, point I should make is you were saying that like, uh, cause we'll agree on anyone with an injury portfolio, we should say, or an injury risk will be amplified because any games you miss will be so much worse. But I would argue that that would make the very top end pitchers much more valuable than they even were. But I understand the risk obviously involved with a guy like Verlander. We don't know if there's setbacks or anything, but if he were to be healthy, his impact would be so much greater. Uh, we'll get into some other examples later, but I think that you know his if he is healthy, uh, he'll have so much more value than he normally would have. Yeah, there's, there's probably one more thing that a little perspective. So yep. if we were to go with June 1st, you have June, July, August, and September, four months that each have roughly 30 days. So that probably puts you on track to use like a hundred game estimate because um, I do think that they'll be filling the calendar as much as possible. I don't think they're going to be breaking the collective bargaining agreement and playing more than 13 games in four. I actually games. think they will um, because I think that the players union will want to very much uh, get something in there for service time. Uh, Cause otherwise Mookie Betts is going to be a Dodger for another year folks. <laughs> uh, and there'll be plenty of things with rookies. So I think in order for them to, for a give and take the players union will really want something, a concession for service time. And that will be breaking the collective bargaining agreement temporarily to force more games in, which is what matters to the owners. How much higher uh, than a hundred do you think they'd have to go? Oh, well, because- no, I mean, I don't want to say more than a hundred, but I mean, the, the main thing is what, well, 13, what 13 games in 14 first. days. Is that well, it? June, here's my, here's what I'm saying is June 1st. Yeah. allows us to get to 100 games without pressing the schedule. The yeah, I, I think I so think they will I think they will the ex- I think they'll extend the schedule beyond uh, beyond October and they will definitely force in the Monday and Thursday games game days off. I would say you're at least erasing one of them at minimum. You'll get one day off a week and they'll be forced probably double headers here and there. Um, I don't think it'll be extreme, but I think that they will be trying to, to force it would have to be a goal. Meaning if I'm telling you right now, you could play a hundred games safely, right? Cause that's how they view these collective bargaining agreements and players health. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that they won't uh, waive that. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying the basis of the existing agreement is based on player health. Yeah. So if you're going to condense it, or even just, let's say, even if you're not condensing the games into a small period of time, you mentioned it's spamming it. So that'd be fine also. How much further than 100 do you think they need to go, right? You're not going to have to have a goal. I think, they'd, I think they'd ram in another 15 to 20. Try and get 15 to 20. Okay, so a buck 20. Which, you know, I mean, I think it's close enough to resemble a real season that if we could get that in, I, I, I think I'd be really happy. You know, so I do kind of hope that. Again, I don't want them to risk player health, you know, you know at all. Uh, and again, you know, people would say maybe stepping on the field is doing that. So again, I, I just hope everyone's erring on the side of caution. But I do firmly believe that if we restart, it's it's because a lot of six man rotations. By the way, I mean a team like again, I root for the Mets. They have Michael Walker and Rick Porcello and Stephen Matz fighting for the four, five, six. The fact is, they have six. Maybe not a great six, but a lot of teams don't even have five. No, it's uh, a really so point. in a in a shortened season, there will be a lot of six man rotations. Yeah. I believe that stress on openers to that same to yes. that same point. Teams that were relying on a couple openers a week. I don't know if your bullpen is going to be able to stomach that. Yeah. It is also possible for making concessions in the CBA that maybe they expand a roster or player or two. I'm not saying crazy, but it's yeah. possible. Oh, for sure. I bet you anything you know, they'll allow an extra reliever. If they're going to be, go, you know, a lot of this. There's uh, again, a lot of moving parts. So many. There's so many. We're juggling so many balls with the label uncertainty on them that. A lot of my answers and you know thought process is going to be about trying to lock hey, best down guess. as much as I can. What's yeah. that? It's just best guess because there's a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone's going to want to mitigate risk. So we that's why we're going to try to go player by player and talk about their risk individually because there's a certain point where they become a value and we're kind of talking about where we would take them. So you're saying Verlander would have to be end of second for you to consider it. Maybe even a little bit later. It depends. It really depends. It really depends on the other pitching because you, what Matt, everything you're saying is so pertinent. And I'm like super glad that we did this because that we're challenging the thoughts again. Um, there's going to be a reshuffling in the market on pitcher values. Yep. So I'm going to do my own work as always. But when you're in a draft room, you then have to apply your own work to how the market is treating that. You know, so if I see that. People, um, I'm kind of referring to a tweet in this, or I'm about to refer to a tweet. I forget who it was, but it was. It had to do with limited innings, and it's saying, you know, basically, well, if there's only going to be a 100-inning max, isn't Jesus Lazardo better than Steven Strasburg, let's say, you know? And to me, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it probably is, but he's not better than the couple guys above him. And I think that's what you were getting at, that the super high-end pitching – I think they still maintain that value because every shitty outing of five, six earned runs is going to hurt you even an ace and give you much less time to kind of recoup. So I'm going to have to make that Verlander decision on the fly. Like, yeah, where's Clevenger? Because Clevenger is much further ahead. We're going to we're going to get to him soon. Uh, yeah, when, so don't worry, we'll get more into Lazardo too, folks. Uh, okay, so okay. don't worry. Yeah. So, uh, so my 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 cop out answer is Verlander has to depend on the other top end pitching. You know, but I mentioned Strasburg. Strasburg's healthy. He's throwing 94. I'm going to take the guy throwing 94 opposed to the guy that was on a surgical table 48 hours ago. Okay. Um, if best starting pitchers available were, let's say, Flaherty already went. Let's say Bieber already went. Um, and you're well, sitting there. You're, you're kind of making my point. Yeah. If we're going to have this exercise, honestly, don't give me an option of pure certainty because uh, you already kind of know my answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I said Strasburg because 
although he's healthy right now, we know about the injury concerns. He did give us 200. Is he going to do it again? The smart money is on no. So I, I kind of picked him He's the guy I was kind of avoiding anyway. Yeah, but okay, now, so you would take Verlander over Strasburg? Yes, definitely. Okay. I mean, listen, I, I understand. I mean, again, I'm assuming that season doesn't even start June. But if it does start June 1st, I think, I mean, likelihood is Verlander will probably be fine. There's there's definitely problems that, you know, he can't be. But I think the chances of him being fine and the chances of Strasburg being fine are actually kind of close. Okay, this is actually very close to the idea of, right, when we're doing projections, we talk about how important to nail the playing time is. And that's where the differentiations come up and that's where the accuracy is, is had. And so I think that's that's kind of you know that's kind of the case here. Yeah, June first would allow for Verlander to get in his six weeks and have a couple weeks of throwing. So that's why I so easily conceded. I see why you would do that because the math does work. I hope people are not being willy nilly with like, oh, he's hurt and he won't be. You know, you got to account for. The, the warm-up time, right? That's the problem with just even starting the season is going to be ramp-up time. That's why we're hoping that it's basically ready to go in May and the last two or three weeks of May is spent preparing for June 1st and then hopefully we'll get at least 100 games in, which would be, you know, which would be great. But b- back to what you were saying about uh, the more sturdy guys, to me, Flaherty is near the very top now. You know, I, mean, I was into him already. I like the pitch mix. I love the slider. You know, I so he's near the very, very top. Of me. He's actually on my hard, hard avoid in a shortened season list. Hard avoid. Okay, now, now, why is that for the the possibility you think you might get the return to the first half? All right, yeah, this, this is the issue with uh, with a guy like Flaherty for me, and every uh, everyone who's really enjoys him, including Sam, our co-host, who's a Cardinals fan. Here's the issue: I I, I, I like him, I do, but because of injuries to maybe guys like Verlander or you know or, or Snell, I mean, that are going to maybe get push their value back. Who knows if people will want to take them earlier because of this guys like Flaherty will be bumped up and anyone I'm taking that early. I want absolute certainty from, and there, it doesn't exist with Jack Flaherty. It doesn't. We were going to talk about guys later, like Chris Paddock, who no longer has an innings limit. Jesus Lazardo, Denilson Lamette, um, Urias, Gallon, all the young guys, but then you also have Paxton coming back. Otani further removed. There's a lot of guys we'll talk about who have a much higher ceiling than Jack Flaherty. And, and, you know, everyone's looking to look at his second half. That's oh, his ceiling. On, how can, how can no, no, you're looking at – there's a difference between well, achieved ceiling. There's did. a difference between achieved ceiling and likely ceiling. I guess there's two different things for me where I see a, a ceiling that I expect to happen. Um, I, his second half's not going to happen again, in my opinion. It just – he had too many well, things going repeat. for him. I think a repeat is too much to ask. Yes. Uh, that's fine. But, you know, and, and I we kind of hashed this out with uh, – the first half of the pitcher talk we had um, Alex on, right? No, no, no. Sorry, it was Nick, right? We had Nick on for part one, SP ones. Yeah. And we talked about Flaherty, and I don't know. I, 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 the reason I'm not there, I guess this is our disagreement, is I'm, I'm just because I'm buying the improvements doesn't mean I'm looking for a repeat of the second half. I think the real answer is like three quarters of the way towards the second half between the two. Because like I said, it's, it's, it was a tangible change towards him using one of the best pitches in baseball. Plus, you know, all the rest was there. There's not a guy that came out of nowhere that no one expected it. You know, yeah, to do. no, no, he's good. It's, it, it, but this is also you tying his value into it too. It, I'd be fine taking him if he was going to be going in like the middle of the third. I, if he's, we're talking about him maybe getting bumped up to the second because of the uncertainty and starting well, pitching having more. And, and I've had problems kind of taking him there, honestly. 
Yeah, I can't, um, I can't go there. I mean, and, and it sh- for an example, a guy who was already on, Hayes, uh, Frankie Montas, right? Who, who's big? The big dig on him basically is innings because you yeah, weren't really he's, sure. He's a but, straight up ace now. Yeah, I, I would much rather because he's not going to get bumped up too much. And See, that's why I think we disagree. I'd rather have Montas think, and Flaherty. For- those pitchers are going to get a rise, an immediate rise in ADP that's going to blow people's minds. Absolutely blow people's minds. I think people like him will will skate aside. I think that the guys like Lazardo, I think Lazardo will. Who, who's that? I think like Lazardo will have a gigantic. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I think, I think guys. I think some people like Montas will will not get that much of a bump. Well, I, I disagree. I hope you're right because I like. I'm right. We're disagreeing here because we don't. Are like you it. basing this on just like sharp, sharp leagues, like high, high end? Um, are you talking, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm talking to the audience, which is basically more of a casual audience. I mean, man, not, I he's, even he's not a sexy name. People are not going to be doing a lot of write ups on him because everyone's going to be more talking about like you know Lance McCullers and and guys like that, Mike Clevenger. Like I, I think guess I feel like they're all in that same. I feel like they're in the same bucket. And I guess this could be a league to league thing. The answers generally lie in the middle in markets, right? Um, you know, you're saying the price is X, I'm saying the price is Z. In reality, it's probably somewhere near Y. So I think if I'm saying you gotta shave five rounds and you're saying maybe you shave in one round, maybe the answer is shave three. And if you really like, because if you believe in that argument, then pay for it because I'm not sure I disagree that this guy's an SP one at the year's end, because again, the, the limitation was the number of starts and the innings limits. Those things are probably out the window right now. I don't want to speak. I'm not going to speak for individual game management because there are organizations that have a hard pitch count, but as far as every five days, guys getting the ball, I don't see how not. You know, Here's one other one other example. Again, a direct thing for Flaherty. Flaherty's already in the second round, if not the third. Yeah. Chris Paddock, where does he get bumped up to? Because I think if healthy, there is very little that separates the two as far as what they could achieve uh, if 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 uh, Paddock is be able to take the next step. His innings limit that they already said he was going to have is gone. Yeah. Um, like, would you rather have Flaherty in the two or you know Paddock in the six? Paddock's not going to go six, Maddie. Where but is he going to go? My, if that was my option, I would take Paddock in the sixth. I know, uh, but where? I mean, how how much higher could he really go? I mean, there's still so many pitchers between um, him and Flaherty. I'm not sure about that. I personally have been focused on other things, being in New York City right now. Um, but I, you now have sparked. I probably need to do this and make a you know new uh, apocalypse ranking for starting pitchers. Because the guys you're mentioning, maybe just because they're guys that I like, um, you know, you're mentioning guys that I own and have drafted, and I didn't, you know, I drafted them before this happened. So I know why I drafted them, and I think they're all really good pitchers, which is kind of funny. Every single guy you've picked are guys that I have multiple shares of. I mean, I could document that I have multiple shares of these guys. I think you're naming the list of guys that are the new SP1s, if we call them. Of course, you can only fit 15 guys into a list of 15. But if we're talking about now so many less innings creating less of a disparity in SP, listen, there's always going to be a few guys that totally separate the Grom, whatever. But when you get to like SP5 to SP12, those numbers might look extremely similar. Now in this kind of finite inning set, SP3 to SP23 might seem very similar. Mm. And now as I'm vocalizing it, yeah, it becomes maybe tough to go for Flaherty 
uh, anywhere. And here, there's two because we're talking about all the obvious people that a lot of other people may be talking about as far as gaining value. But there's also people like Charlie Morton who is not injured. But they're the, basically his discount was built into age and uncertainty of, of maybe him ever falling off. And a shortened season I again. Back. I what? do. I just be, I feel, I believe Morton will be one of the bubble guys. Remember, like I said, you can only fit 30 people into a top 30. We're talking about elevating people. Well, no, no, but you're saying that you don't want to bump him at all. Well, I would argue he would become one of the best value. He was already one of the best values in the draft. I think he becomes even greater value because no one will, everyone will ignore the fact that a shortened season will be a bump for him. Well, the age, if you were scared of the age, he hasn't reversed in age. Well, no, but a shortened shortened season will help a guy if you had a... I mean, an issue I with him maybe wearing down over time. I agree with the premise that a shortened season should, you know, lessen the likelihood. My counter immediately would be that the one injury we're afraid of at his age is a season is an is a season ender. Well, yeah, but you can make that I, you can make that case for a lot of people. I mean, if we're talking like, well, yeah, can, but I think and I think you're you're we're getting to something more also pertinent again. You know, I'm very hard nosed in my approaches. I'm not ashamed of that. I also know that they're not perfect. But part of the, my certainty thing is. I, I was an ageist before. Now I'm like a radical fundamental ageist. You know. <laughs> well, here I guess here's here's a good point for me. Uh, right on the raise, a shortened season for me drastically cha- uh, shortens the distance between Blake Snell and um, and Charlie Morton for me. Given what Snell is already dealing agreed. with. Oh, agreed. I, to me, that was easy. I thought you were going to go to Glass now, who now has a chance to finish as SP one. I, I want. Yeah, I love, I love So in a race to 90 innings, I have loved him. I have loved him because, man, it's weird. People fall in love with I get the injury stuff. But I also can't predict injuries. And if you could, holler at me through my DMs. There's some money to be made. This guy has done things in his shortened sample set that no one can lay claim to. I'm sure they know him, but like – the high 90% of pitchers can never, ever say that they fully dominated the major leagues at a Cy Young level. You know, for we, five We're going to pause the podcast for a second just to say Chris Archer for Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now, and oh. Shane Baz. All oh. right, continue, continue your rant. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I will not, you know, lay a false claim that I thought Glass now you know, what was going to be what he seems like he could be. We knew the potential was there, but some of the walks. I always loved Meadows. I mean, I, I have had him on, you know, homely keeper scout teams for years. That was, that was atrocious. For By a guy the way, a guy that takes the guy that gets a big value decrease for me in a shortened season is Austin Meadows. A guy who you expand, expand. Because, because of he's a five category guy in all five category guys that aren't dominant in a one particular category. You need volume from. He had injury concerns Uh, when a guy like him who has a long injury history and you need him to play every day and he gets injured in a shortened season. You're fucked. Yeah. (laughs) He, and I, I I could, I couldn't have supported him more. Everyone who follows me knows I love Austin Meadows. I I literally thought he was an MVP candidate in a shortened season. He's probably not going to be on any teams I draft because unless he gets a value decrease from other people, which he's a guy that no one's considering for a value decrease. And he's just one of those people where, yeah, any kind of five category people, Tommy Pham, maybe uh, I may be taking a a look at and not, and not wanting to go there because anyone that is not a standout in a category and just as a five category contributor, like over a full season, especially in Roto. I mean, it's, it's tough. 
I mean, so how about this? What um, what hitters would you bump? I'm kind of thinking through this right now, and uh, I'm not really sure. No, you know, I mean, no one really gets no one no no real kind of hitter gets really that bumped. Uh, about, like, there's decreases steals? only for me. I mean, there's but there's you know there's my, you know my obsession with steals. You know, hasn't hasn't gone away. Two weeks two weeks of catastrophe is not gonna, not going to get. Rid I mean, of that. we had a lot more pitches to cover, but um, oh, I'm sorry. Example, no, 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 we can circle back. But you know me, I'm always no. I mean, just to throw out one example, Mondesi. Yeah. He, he had some concerns to start the season. He wasn't going to be healthy. This is also a health thing. That's what we're talking about on the show. This guy, even with his poor, poor, maybe league worst plate discipline, um, is is still going to be a would be a monster in Roto due to his ability to still hit the ball out of the park and tons of steals. Short a shortened season, if he's going to be healthy, which he probably will be at this point, he's a guy that would get a big bump for me in Roto. Yeah, see, that was my my initial thought. Yeah, of course, in Roto, um, was exactly that, and it kind of goes to what you were just saying about. That's where my thought process is going when you're talking about volume and accumulation. Um, I think it hurts your death by a thousand cuts. Oh yes, steals Throw out the window. Right, guys. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. See, I I wasn't trying to wet blank. No, no, no. It's fine though if you're healthy. If you're healthy, it takes any. I use Famine Meadows. You can be death by a thousand paper cuts. I'm still in on Ahmed Rosario. If you're going to be healthy, mm-hmm. you know that's going to be a big thing. Health. I was talking over. more about at the end of drafts where you you're kind of tacking on guys you're hoping for the eight to eleven, right? So like, listen, Rosario we know has a twenty five. He has twenty five in there, so that's not really like a crazy stretch. But the yeah, guy like at the know, end, like Shinshu Chu, all of a sudden maybe isn't well. No, maybe he's 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 always a good value, but. The guys like in that area where you're trying trying to tack on all of a sudden Billy Hamilton starting every day for San Francisco all of a sudden yeah. Roto is a lot more interesting than he yeah. was. 20, 20 steals in a, in a hundred game season is going to be big. It's going to be you know it's going to be big. So I think you know that's where I was getting with the offense. I think you know listen rates are rates. You know and they're going to be not say they're going to be exactly the same, but obviously we want bigger samples to let kind of a more you know some more statistical integrity play out, but. People do hit homers and bursts, but I'm not about to start running for the April home run leaders, right? And I'm not start looking for the June home run leaders. So I think, like you know, on offense, it's a little more, it's a little more tricky for for sure as far as reshifting that those rankings. Here's a death by a thousand paper cuts guy that I never talk about because it doesn't, he doesn't really um, fit into the mold because of lack of stolen bases. But for his position, he does, and that's JT Realmuto. Uh, who who I am usually a, not a proponent of drafting at all, especially in one catcher leagues. All of a sudden, having an everyday catcher in a shortened season is a tremendous boost because there's not that many at bats to be had to begin with. All of a sudden, you throw a guy like him in there who doesn't stand out in any particular category, but still will steal like two handfuls of bases and be fine across the board. Um, the only other catchers that you really are interested in are people like that could be exceeding time at DH or first base. And there's not that many. I mean, Mitch Garver looked like he could get time at first base before they signed Josh Donaldson. Now Sonoza first. Uh, Grandal looked like he could have, but now obviously they re-sign Abreu. I I like that we haven't mentioned. For me, it's Sal Perez. Yes, right? Sal Perez for sure. First base, DH. Huge bump for catchers. Huge bump. You know where – don't get me wrong. I like Sally. He's he's good, and I feel like you know what you're going to get, professional hitter, all that stuff. I think he gets a ball. I mean, he's a big bump. Top five catcher, right? I mean, yes, I, I take him over. I, I I don't know if I take him over him. Um, I like him over Wilson Contreras right now. 
in a short okay, that's season. Where I'm, oh, you, that's right where I am at. And again, if I had to flip the coin, I'm going to weigh the extra at-bats at DH and, you know, the ability to kind of rest him, and I'm landing on Perez. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, right, I'm right there. I think if I had to choose between the two, see, it's funny. The way I draft catchers, when there's two guys I really like, I never take either, and I always kind of drop back. But if I had to choose, you know, apples to apples, I would take Perez because, like you said, that you're talking about an extra – 20% at bat increase possibly. You know, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, here, let's, let's stir back to pitchers. Um, sure. We actually did not even get to the second person on my list. We just skipped around Max Scherzer. Um, he, he, people were concerned about his back. He even said Ow. that he figured out what he thought the deal with his back was last year. He thought that he was actually holding his, he was carrying his, uh, his, his glove a little high in his, uh, in his delivery. And he thought that it was putting too much strain on his back. And he thinks that he figured it out. So it wasn't a worry to me to begin with, but any kind of extra time for a guy like that is obviously a pretty big deal. So, uh, I'm off. I'm off and I'm out. And it's a combination of all the arguments we've kind of said before. It's a bit of um, allowing other people to catch up to him. You know, I know his innings were a bit limited, but when you look at Scherzer, you're thinking 200 innings, right? No one is taking him where he is going for below that. So now all the other guys get to catch up to the innings pitched. Uh, when I couple in the age factor, that's a ding. And then when we factor in the price, that's the end of it for him. He's out. I, I oh, and maybe we don't have too many quote-unquote board bets between the two of us, but I think I got one here. All right. You, you, you like Jack Flaherty over Max Scherzer. I like Jack Flaherty over Max Scherzer. Um, because I definitely know you're giving me a little bit of odds because I have to pay a lower, you know, I gotta, I gotta pay a lower price. So the expectation, no, no, not really, because from what it sounded like earlier, it sounded like you're fine taking Flaherty earlier and you don't want Scherzer. So I don't think I need to be giving you odds of any kind. It's not like I'm taking Flaherty in the first because of the bump. I'm saying I, I, I'm okay with him being an ace. Although, like I said, as we're verbalizing of the arguments and as I think about the list of guys that I feel all get that same bump. It's harder for me. I'm just being honest. I'm backpedaling. And listen, that's part of life, you know, uh, realizing when you're wrong and not digging the hole any deeper that, uh, yeah, you know what? I, I'm going to let the age go. I'm going to let the age go because unless Scherzer are completed uh, eight years of doctor school and now he's some kind of back specialist, I like to get my medical advice from professionals and not athletes, <laughs> even if they are professional athletes. So I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go with flattery. How do we determine this? Total points in a points league or like the uh, the player rater at the end of the year? How do you I compare these guys? I don't know how people – I don't know. What is the most accurate way? You know what? It's a complete we'll, we'll, we'll table this for now. We have the bet. We'll we'll try to determine. Maybe we'll throw it out on Twitter. We'll figure out what's the most effective way to, to judge I this. Be, I know, listen, Razzball is known for having developed a really excellent player rater. Yeah. Really smart analysts use that. So if we say that – you know, I, can, I think it's, I think that's fair. Yeah, sure. I mean, if not, you know, there is like CBS points, you know, which is not. Again, I think, I think the Razzball player rater is is fine, and we can yeah. also common sense the thing out. Yeah, 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 yeah. With that, right? My worry when comparing Roto is the obvious of like, well, Scherzer only pitched fifty innings, but he had 0.75 WHIP when he got hurt, so you win. You know, it's like wait a minute. You know, well, that, no, okay, well, we're baking we're baking in the possibility. Oh no. Because injuries, I mean, you know, whatever. We'll throw it out if there's a fluke injury that you can't see coming for either pitcher. Obviously, if there's a back thing, if something happens with the back thing, that will be a thing against. That'll be yeah, that'll be a flare. Yeah, yeah, I'm with. I like that. I like that. That's that's very reasonable and probably uh, unlike any of the other board bets that happen on on podcasts because they're not stupid at all. But yeah, I'm with that. I don't like. I I I, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with that because I'm okay. 
man, I, I, it's weird. I'm okay with Flaherty acing my staff, and Scherzer is just kind of giving me the willies. You know, <laughs> I was worried. I was already worried. We haven't had a meaningful game, and he's already hurt, and now he healed himself and figured it out. And it's like, I'm off that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take it. See, you see how squeamish I am. I'm just, I'm totally passive. Here, here's another guy I most definitely take over Jack Flaherty. I don't hate Jack Flaherty, by the way, everybody. I no, do. You're I talking about cost. We get it. You're talking cost, man. It's fair. I, I am. Uh, I will be doing a player profile on him shortly. My next one's Brandon Woodruff. But for now, uh, how about Mike Clevenger? Another guy I would much rather have than Jack Flaherty in a shortened season. Oh yeah, I, I, I think so. I haven't seen um, specifics, and I know I set up off guys not throwing 94 right now. But Clevenger's injury happened way earlier. Uh, it was less severe with a shorter timetable. He's supposed to be throwing pitches within the next few days. So I'm going to assume it goes successfully, and then I would say I want Clevenger first because a 100% Clevenger I like over a 100% Flaherty, and I was drafting that way with a full set of innings, even if Clevenger maybe had a bit of uh, of risk to him. Um, though, uh, in all honesty, I was not assigning injury risk to Clevenger before the knee. You know, a guy was penciling him in for a full compliment, and I was taking him before Flaherty. Yeah. Um, here's the first guy we're probably going to both agree on, <laughs> based on everything you said, I assume. Blake Snell. I couldn't be any further out on Blake Snell. He was already experiencing yeah. uh, elbow discomfort after a bad season, you know, an off season last year. He, You know, he has extra time, which is good, but it's an elbow discomfort. So there's too many pitchers, especially those that are going to be like I already said, Charlie Morton is closer to the pack now on his own team. There's tons of people closer to the pack because of this. I don't care what the discount is. I, I mean, I mean that in a 12 team or 15 team league, there's no way the discount will be great enough where I will be the first person to take a guy like Blake Snell. I'm just out. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I just couldn't see. I just couldn't see the reach. You know, we've leveled the playing field for so many new players that you could just get so much later. And, you know, you have to counting the range of outcomes, the fact that, you know, Snell is going to be facing really tough teams again, right? So, I mean, this is something we actually hadn't mentioned. Uh, even in a shortened schedule, I'm sure you're going to be getting a healthy dose of your division. So something I hadn't mentioned already would be, man, I probably want to be weary of AL East even more because those games that you have to fade, this might even go for uh, – I mean, it already went for Colorado pitchers, but maybe even for the NL West a little bit. You know, if if you're talking about missing a, a couple starts in Coors or Yankee Stadium or, you know, the AL East I said first because it's perhaps in Fenway and in Yankee Stadium, you can't give up 30% of your starts fading because you don't believe in the guy, right? That's just unacceptable. That's completely unacceptable at this price point. You know, yeah. you need to know whatever the limited amount of starts are, I'm going to pitch him every single start. So a guy like Herman Marquez, where you might have thought, ah, maybe it can get cute and kind of work him in and out, garbage now for me. I'm not going to be playing any games. I'm not going to be wasting roster spots on guys that need to be managed, right? Because kind of the point we're saying is the professionals are not going to be managing these guys. So I'm not going to be managing my own guy. I want every day, you know, I want everyday guys. It'll be interesting to see when – the the actual number of games is announced where the ADP on pitchers is because it's going to be truly get your guy more than anything. So oh, many drafts will be so different. It's out the window. It's a full reset. And if we can make, you know, draw because well, people are going to be filtering this information in totally different ways. So there's no consent oh, yeah. ADP either. And I think I think the takeaway from that 
is it's never been more important to have your own rankings. Yeah. Never before. It's never, ever, 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 ever in the history of fantasy baseball been more important to use your own work and apply it in a way that you see fit. Man, every wackadoo strategy is going to come out of the woodwork when this starts off again. You're going to get no hitters. You're going to get no pitchers. You're going to get the all aces. You're going to get the no aces. You're going to get guys that only take – that. I mean, you may see things you never thought were possible. Um, 12 hitters to start, you know, right? I, I, think, I, I think I'm thinking I may go that way. I think I may go like one ace up front that I'm happy with in the first three rounds and then going all hitters. Those extreme strategies, I believe they all should come with a caveat. Because again, the difference between 12 hitters in a row and 11 hitters with one really good pitcher is probably worth it to have those pitching stats. You know, and I'm not saying Flaherty too. I'm not saying that at all because I'm with that. But, you know, when you're in like, let's say, um, let's say it's funny because I really, I mean, as a living, I kind of determine values. Like that's what I do. I deal with probabilities. I deal with values and I deal with future prices as a trader in real time. This is what I do. Yeah. I think guys that got helium, I don't think they're going to get any more helium. So maybe Matt, this is something we meet for you and I and everyone listening is target the, the, the old helium. So, how about a guy like Zach Gallen? Zach Gallen already got him boost. I don't think he's going to get any more of a boost. I don't either. Because the assumption was he's getting a full load. He's getting to work every five I days. actually think so many trendy people will be pushed up. The hill, he theoretically could get pushed down. Yes. Okay. Now, now I didn't want to see again. I'm so wishy-washy. I listen to lawyers way too much of my day that I'm so non-committal. But that's what I mean. Yeah, I believe, I believe that those players are going to be bubbled out. Well, here, because there's the big thing, right? You have scouts versus analytics, but then you have this third thing now, narrative, Mm -hmm. which is such a huge thing, and it's how everyone determines it, you know? Yeah, so guys like Gallon, I think I love, because I don't think he's going to move up anymore. How about Max Freed, right? He's been identified in the Sharp community. He got a bump up. He's not getting any more of a bump up because there are guys that are perceived as being more efficient efficient or effective, let's say, on a per inning basis, in particular in regards to strikeouts, that I think those guys are, there's going to be a new helium that comes. And I think, Matt, we're going to see maybe where we disagreed earlier. I think that's where we disagreed. I think Montas is going to be part of the new helium, right? So we're going to have old helium and new helium. I think the old helium will start to sink back down. I'm not saying precipitously. I don't think Gallon is going to be had in the 18th round. Like, I'm not saying that. But I think where you had to get him, what, at like seven or eight maybe? I'm misplaced. I've been away from this for a bit. I think now it might be a couple rounds later. So that's where I'm looking at. Guys that we bumped up for perceived gains in innings pitched, now I believe the market will discount on a perceived image of, you know, a, a shortening in those in those innings. Yeah. So and, then, there's a, and a shortened season too. There's a lot of things like elite strikeouts. Does it it make does it make it much more valuable elite strikeouts because maybe drafting closers or relievers to kind of bump up you know move your ratios or move your um, or move your strikeouts maybe doesn't work as much or if you're just going to constantly stream relievers maybe that's more important than ever to constantly be streaming and getting that strikeout number up as much as possible where a guy like Kyle Hendricks doesn't have as much time to use his boring stats to kind of level out your entire team right he has does robbie ray get a bump because of all of his strikeouts or does the amount of damage he can do in a shortened season make it harder to fit no no (laughs) you know what's funny um 
Um, when I was doing my quality start stuff, I also thought about the flip side and I was thinking about coming up with like a meltdown matrix uh, <laughs> metric. And I may have to run that quickly because what you're saying is totally true. So to apply kind of theory to answer your question in general, I, I'm staying away from meltdowns. I don't want Robbie Ray. I don't want eight earned run guys, you know, because they're going to become those ratio destroyers are going to be very hard to recover. No, but don't the boring ratio stabilizers also get a bump down because no, Hendricks no, doesn't. I I mean, no, I don't believe so because this is my approach. Yeah. That rates are consistent, which is why we use percentages to compare things that have different uh, amounts. Right? No, no, the only thing is with him, if he's not, um, no, I, not to interrupt you because I want you to continue. No, no, um, no, if no, no. he has a blow up himself, which guys like him can still have. Yeah, but then a blow up for him for kind of is a, is it, isn't it like a, a value ruiner because he doesn't have enough, because he kind of depends on an entire season of work to help you in Roto, where in a shortened season, well, if he has a rough patch, he's kind of a droppable hard. guy. He needs all the innings to get you the strikeouts, but he doesn't need all the innings to give you the ERA. He doesn't need all the innings to give you the whip that you're also hoping for and also wins. You know, he's on a good team or whatever. Um, so I'm just using basic theory here that if we're cutting everybody by 50%, ratio guys should still mean the same. Because I, people I are going to be chasing high strikeouts and you're going to have to balance that stuff out. I guess this is what I'd rather go top heavy with value with like st big strikeout guy. I mean, I, I almost, I said earlier, maybe I take an ace and then take all hitters. Maybe I'll just try to take two guys I really like and then stream the shit out of pitching. It's like if we're talking about Kyle Hendricks instead of a full season, just give me a guy with a great matchup every, you know, a couple times a week, maybe. I mean, you, it's not, it's not crazy. It's really not crazy, particularly because you mentioned having that steady base up front. I'm always a little worried when people are like, I'm going to just stream six starters. Oh yeah. Me. You got to have a base. Yeah, I never <laughs> really understood that. And again, you know, I think I could always make a case to have a ratio guy mm -hmm. and maybe you're using Kyle Hendricks because he kind of is the face of that. Yes. And I also think he's the best one of those guys. So maybe I'm getting caught on Hendricks individually where like, I always want Hendricks. Now in a points league. I, I have so many shares of Hendricks. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I have so many shares of Hendricks. I have so many. Well, that's fine. He's a very good pitcher. And I, yeah. I actually broke him down. He's my, man, it feels like a lifetime ago where I was putting out detailed threads of baseball players and he's gotten better. So he's, I, you know, I don't consider him a board ratio guy. He's just not a top end strikeout guy. However, the strikeouts have been coming. And if they continue to come, I think there's a spot for Hendricks on every rotation, particularly if you're chasing those elite Ks. Matt, you have a wonderful habit of making fantastic points. Maybe you should host a podcast someday. <laughs> oh, here, if you want to come off, uh, if you want to come off people that had value in Roto because of their ability to throw 200 innings and not kill you in ratios. Maybe Kyle Hendricks wasn't the best example, like you said, because he's very, very good. How about Dallas Keuchel, who oh, is now undraftable? See, okay, now, now that's kind of the feel. As I was talking about it, I kind of had that feeling that it was a bit of semantics. We were just kind of using the wrong name. So yeah. had you replaced Hendricks with Keuchel, you go from, I believe Hendricks fits in any rotation to I believe Keigel does not fit in any rotations yeah. at all. Unless you want to stream the guy. <laughs> yeah, if you got the Marlins, right. If you got the Marlins twice or, you know, whatever, that if you got the Marlins and the Pirates, you could definitely give me Keigel for a week. Yeah. But um, no, no, I don't, because I don't, I just don't see enough there, you know, and, you know, him too, he's, he's prone to getting blown out. I mean, I believe, I believe he had a monster split 
last year. You know, sometimes those things just kind of stick in my head as a handicapper, you know, because you're kind of you're focused on like the, the microscope all the time. Yeah. So I believe he was lights out in Atlanta. And it's like, man, uh, yeah, it actually was, right? So, and, and again, man, maybe this is something else people want to be looking at is, I wonder if splits are maybe more valuable um, in a shortened season to kind of give you some perspective, right? Before you're chasing Keigel and that overall number. Which, by you know, the, the way, will they have to rework? I mean, I understand they already have the schedule out there and everyone's blind assumption is, hey, they'll just pick up on a certain day, pick up the schedule. They're not about to give a team um, – you know, like 60% home games, they're going to have no. to rework oh, this so, Oh, I absolutely believe. I absolutely believe because these are things that could be predetermined. I truly believe that because it's just a computer program. They are working on schedule outcomes for multiple answers, meaning um, they've probably sat there and said the minimum amount of games we're going to have is 85. Here's the 85 schedule. Yeah, because a lot of people are out there like, oh, well, looking at schedules. Don't look at the schedule. The no, schedule no, I'm sorry. That is silly. That is absolutely silly. I, my belief, again, I have no inside track to it. All I do have is a decent amount of common sense and watching big money move. I would imagine you're going to get a pro-rated schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, take the percentage of division games and apply that. And the scheduling computer, you know, is going to have a command list of if thens like a mile and a half long. Do you think they'll punt uh, interleague? Oh, absolutely. First thing to go. Yeah. First thing to go. Absolutely. Interleague is the first thing to go. Goodbye. And um, uh, a chunk of division games, I think is a, is a, yeah, is go back to a more normal, which I hope this is a new standard. I hate the new division thing where you're playing your division 900 times. I hate that. Yeah. It's, you figure it's night. It's 19, right? So man, that's a lot. That's uh, forty plus thirty-six is seventy-six division games a year. That's just on the back of my hand, real quick. But if and so seventy-six out of one sixty is probably forty-five percent again, roughly. Yeah. So you, I think you can whack that down a bit, still keep the integrity of the division intact without kind of like you're saying. Really, listen, I love baseball. I love the marathon aspect. I love the length to it. I really don't have a bad thing to say about it. But if we do have to shorten it. I think those are the things that, that should go. You know, I think you need to get rid of interleague, and I think you need to get rid of, let's say, the first – got to do some more math, but let's say the first half of division games. You know, seeing each seeing each team 10 times in a 100-game set is 10% each and 40% of your schedule, which, again, I mean, please don't – don't use the calculator against me, but that kind of lines up with what I was just working through before, right? So we could probably have a June 1st start with 100 games and a 10-game um, division schedule with no interleague and kind of work it from there, you know, and then they're going to do their magic. They're going to have to do some tr whatever traveling, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I honestly don't know what they're going to do. Uh, and I didn't want to talk about crisis, but you might have states that have different rules that are not allowing games before others. So like, the lesson here is just don't fall in love with any any one outcome, I think. Be pliable as much as possible. Now that we've convinced everyone not to bother doing anything with fantasy baseball. No! No, I am, I am convinced that we will. Have Bottom baseball. line, don't bother. I know. I honestly do. And I think I think I even – I love the framework we're using because I really like the dates. Matt is just laughing at me He's <laughs> right now. But listen, June 1st, there's plenty of time. Uh, markets, people, emotions, they all tend to not react. They tend to overreact. Then they don't correct. They overcorrect. You know, listen, and when emotions are involved in decisions, they're not the best made. 
June 1st is a long way off. We are an eternity away from that. We could be starting well before that, but I gotta like just be safe, you know. And I think, man, I just think we're playing. I think we're playing. Um, you and I spoke beforehand that I think at the very least, I think you'll get empty stadiums. Um, I'm not to bring in the greed aspect and the business aspect that's a part of my makeup. Man, they know you're talking about the number one ratings. Like you're gonna everybody on our. They put on baseball tomorrow. I mean, it'd be crazy what the ratings would be. I mean, I mean, you could be stadiums for sure. Put them out there, right? You could as long as you as long as you can have a system in place to keep the players safe. I mean, you're obviously gonna test them all constantly. You'll have to work out the logistics of traveling and and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, if you can make it safe for the players, there's no reason not to do it as long as you can make it safe for the players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and those, like, just, you know, those are the determinations that are yet to be made. Yeah. And nobody knows the answer. We could just, you know, it's a mixture of inferring and hope, you know. But, no, I really think we're going to play. And you know what, Matt, I, I said I wouldn't go off on this too much, but it's too good of a segment not to. Um, Matt brought up to me beforehand, you know, the people touting the zero games. And I'd like to address you people specifically. Okay? You're the worst. You're the worst people ever. Listen, that's that's fine. I, you know, like I said, I'm. I'm kidding. Well, not kidding. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. I'm kidding about being absolutely serious, but I'm not. Um, you know, listen. For every trade I make, there's people on the other side. So I am in a perpetual state of disagreement, and that's okay. That being said, don't mix the truth with things that need to be addressed. Okay, they're, they're, they're absolutely two different things. Okay, you, you, you don't tell somebody, when somebody tells you that they're pregnant, the last thing you want to hear is about the incredible risks that could happen and how both lives can be lost in effect. And did you know 40% of this and 30% of this? And you look at this person and say, what the fuck is wrong with you? Not now, not now. There's business to be taken care of. There's a very dire situation. People, this is serious, okay? Okay, some people are holding on to these things for hope. It is not silly. It is not foolish. It is not childish, okay? Positive attitudes. By the way, way, we're not telling anyone how to think or what to say. I am. I am. Keep that shit to yourself for once, okay? When things go back to normal, you come out and you can tell us how life sucks. I'm really, I'm sorry, man. I told you it was going to happen. I don't like that. Keep the negativity to yourself. This is about the indelible American spirit. This is about community. This is about joining together. There, it will not happen through negativity and stupid, shitty opinions. Sure, the math says that there's a range of outcome for zero games. That's all I want to hear of it. You're, you're, you're not to be telling people that their time spent is wasted, that is atrocious. I hate it. And fundamentally, it's un-American. Okay? That, that's it out of me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to do it because we're talking about it, and here we are. We're taking our personal time and our effort to bring something nice to people. You know, we're here. We're trying. It's not just, we're not clowns trying to entertain. We do serious work that people are very serious about, and there's money on the line. It's not a joke to me. I'm not here using sock puppets trying to entertain, you know, uh, and it being futile. It's not an exercise of futility for me. So when, when you mention that, Listen, I have tossed around the idea that there might be zero games myself. But I'm not out there telling people, you're wasting your time. There's zero games. Okay, that's foolish. All right, that's foolish. Because when the games start, okay, there's going to be egg all over your face. I'm going to have a big piece of humble pie. I'm going to shove it down your fucking throat. Seriously. I have no patience for that. Okay, I'm going to take it down a notch here from serious. I'm just 
Listen, if John's about to if Jen's about to go punch somebody in the face. It's passion. It's real. Yeah. Well, I mean, you went on about how this is serious for a lot of people, but my my actual point is it's not serious for a lot of people, which is just as important. Yes, agreed. That's what. Yes, people are here to be entertained. People love fantasy baseball to be entertained. People love baseball to be entertained. That's what we want to do. Baseball makes me happy. This is fun. Tells me there's going to be zero games. I don't want to hear that. So yeah, please kindly, if you could, in the fantasy baseball community, when you're interacting, with I put, didn't I put it across similarly today? Don't be. Well, you're a little, you're a little more, uh, a little more iron you fist. Than me. There's some things that you just can't cross me. You listen, don't cross me when it comes to family, man. Don't cross me when it comes to money. Don't cross me when it comes to America. I'm serious. I take this stuff very seriously. I really do. And and we need to work together. Uh, Matt, what are you doing? You know, you can think it's a joke, and it's it's not, man. Dead serious. I'm not saying it's, it's a joke. Out. I'm just saying that you know. I mean, I make my point pretty clear i mean i'm online to, to have you know i, I want to have a good time with everyone talking to us and yeah there's no reason to make this if for this there's no reason to make this serious baseball's fun we're here to talk about this to be fun so well, let's keep let's keep it fun folks we'll push. who's next uh we're gonna rapid fire this because we went a little long on our diatribe about america there um so we're gonna you know this is gonna go wrong i'm gonna say rapid fire but no <laughs> doubt it's gonna take way longer than that so i'm gonna name a player we're gonna quickly give our thoughts if the value is up or down it's it's not gonna go the way i think carlos carrasco elbow discomfort no fade fade come on too too similar now you know yeah too it's like snow hard fast right chris paddock oh and ace. where would you put him um man he's gonna be a pricing again Kershaw, easily right over Kershaw, yes. Oh, 100 Um, Would he be? Oh, wait. Oh, man. See, I didn't want to. Uh, just quick expansion on Paddock. I don't understand. People were so hung up on him even in a full season about the innings limits. That was oh, the came up, uh, Padres came up publicly and said he'd have one, and that threw people. No, nah, I don't care. See, me, listen, if you watched him last year on a game-by-game basis, it was a it was a obvious management. I, and that was even in-game. So the innings, it, he came out of games with 82, 83 pitches at times where he was cruising. You're not going to get that this year. They could, they're talking management. If he's scoreless through six, he's coming out for the seventh. And that was not the case last oh, year. Oh, especially now. Yeah, Paddock <laughs> is an ace for me. Paddock yeah. is definitely an ace. And listen, yeah, for me, Matt, the answer is not. My answer, and I think you made a wonderful point, maybe without even realizing it, that I it's going to be it's very hard to assign a number price, but I think the best way to do it is to put him around people. Right. So I can't tell you if it's third, fourth, or fifth round, because I don't know. But you give me Kershaw, and I can tell you I take him before Kershaw. Uh, Jesus Lazardo. Hey, by, by the way, yeah. everybody, this will surprise everyone. I'm not drafting him anywhere. He's a uh, do not draft guy for me universally. I already thought he was being overdrafted for how many innings he was likely to get. Now that's not an issue. I think he's going to be bumped way too much up. Last year, he looked amazing. He's going to be amazing. A dynasty is going to be amazing. He had increased velocity coming out of the pen last year. Unlikely to be sustained in the rotation. That's just the way it works. Um, he looked great in spring training, but again, early on, we don't know how hard he's going to throw. He's still a young guy. There could be growing pains. For how high I am expecting him to go, again, this is value only. I love him. If he was fantastic, it wouldn't shock Trevor me. Bauer. I'm not doing him. Trevor Bauer, Jesus Lazaro. I was kind of an innings guy, right? He's a compiler. People were looking for 200 innings towards yeah, the strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather have Corey Kluber <laughs> than both of them. Okay, okay. Um, so but I'm trying I'm trying to set your price here. How about the name you mentioned? I, I think Jesus Lazardo Carlos Carrasco. Lazardo. Okay, so that's what you have. Okay. I think that's well, no, no, no. With Lazardo, it's a matter of price, not a matter of talent. With Carrasco, it's a matter of injury. 
yeah uh risk so what about wheeler what about zach wheeler wheeler definitely you like wheeler also okay for sure i think he's i think think he was tremendously undervalued either but i think he's safe he's gonna be fine um and i think he gets a bad rap i think he has a reputation for also kind of being a compiler and less effective on a per inning basis so i think for everyone out there if you like wheeler I, I am feel almost certain he will fall in price. Well, early in his career, he didn't have a put away pitch, which really made him go deep into counts. He kind of turned that around. So I think he's very underrated. So yeah, I love Wheeler over Lazaro. Again, I love Lazaro. This is not me shitting on Lazaro. It's just too many of you love him too much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, that's listen. Price is always the matter. I love the Ferrari I saw on 11th Avenue in the showroom. I just yeah. can't afford it. You know. The guy, I'll, the guy I'll be getting instead of Jesus Lazardo when all you guys are drooling over him. A few rounds later, I'll be taking to Nelson Lamette, who I think gets the similar bump and without the high profile there sitting in San Diego. Okay, uh, so now where do you put him? This is so interesting because I'm velo- velocity up, one of the best sliders, right. literally one of the best sliders in baseball. I love Lamette. So he was old helium. Yes. Now he's going to be really interesting because I think he's a forgot. I think he'll be a forgotten guy as okay. far as I can tell. He's funny because he was old helium. That was also that vulnerable to this in, uh, innings limit thing, right? He's not a depth. He's not a deep guy. Yeah. He's not. He's generally not more. You know, I don't know if he's ever come out for the seventh. So I wonder, but he also offers the elite K upside. So he checks boxes in old helium. He also checks boxes in new helium. You know, a guy, man, it's it's tough. I'm I'm afraid. I'm afraid I was going to get priced out of him. I, I think it's interesting. You, you well, have- this all depends, everybody, right? This all depends on where he goes. This is best guess. I assume because of all the helium on other people that he gets left behind. I think that he's just a, a guy people in general in most draft rooms may just forget about, and he may not get the bump that he should for the shortened season. Uh, if yeah. you, you know, it's, it's, you know, we'll come out with rankings. We'll, we'll get more specific with this when we get an actual date. as far as our starting pitcher rankings, we'll have to do the show over, uh, to let you know where we think. But I, I, Lamette's definitely a guy today. If we're drafting today for any reason, if anyone's still doing that, um, I think Lamette is a tremendous value given how much write-ups people like Paddock and McCullers, uh, and Lazardo are getting. And, and he's just a name that doesn't get mentioned. Right. Uh, how about Lance McCullers? I mean, I, I've. <laughs> what's funny is my, you know, we're talking about guys that had kind of perceived innings limits. My my problem with McCullers is not that like I had him at one twenty and I was hoping for you know I wanted more. I don't know. I don't know where to put him. I was afraid he wasn't. I, I hard pass. He's a hard pass for me. Yeah, I mean that's my thing. Uh, again, you know, if he's one of the guys that really, really, really starts to fall, I mean, he's probably worth a roster spot at a value because of the upside and then you just get rid of him if he gets hurt right i think he's the kind of guy if he's healthy you're definitely playing him and if he's hurt you definitely don't want him so i I don't mind guys like that well 162 game season he goes missing for 40 games but the matter is we don't know when that'll be yeah in a 100 game season if he goes missing for 40 games it's like i i have a hard time projecting him in in general you know what i mean and i think i if i remember correctly the uh the projection systems kind of had like my my jaw hanging. Yeah, they're all at like they're all at like one fifty. I mean, I so guess like, you could draft him, and then just the ripcord for cutting him is very fast. Yes. Well, oh, he had discomfort. God, yeah, bye. Hold him. He has to be a quick a quick release with a high upside. But again, now that his claim to fame was always like you know he could be really 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 effective on a permanent basis. This is still true, but now with the limitations, it almost. It like it caps that that ability to get that value 
you know, because again, any missed time is a huge chunk of the season. You can't say this guy's no longer at risk to miss time. I don't believe, I don't believe that he's at less of a risk to miss time in an 80 game season than a 162 game season. Oh, he's just same, risk. same risk. Same he's risk, just right? risk in general. Every time he takes the hill, he's a risk. So yeah, I, he, could go, he can go down game 20. He can go down game 80. We don't know. Yeah. I, I just can't, I just can't get into it because there's going to be guys again with this new valuation system that kind of level themselves out with him. All right. Next guy, Julio Urias. Oh, you got to love him, man. I think you love him. I think he's, he's one of those guys that is new helium that I'm hoping will be forgotten. Big yeah. I, I think, I think as um, the timeline hammers out, he will probably get the Luzardo treatment. Um, Lizardo obviously has his own mystical aura about him, but I, I think, uh, I, I think, I think that Julio will, uh, will surpass Lamette. Oh, wow. I love, yeah. I mean, all the, yeah, it kind of sucks if we're going to start talking about what our shares are doing now, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, God, any, anybody you drafted for value, that's, Except for Mike Clevenger, who I have everywhere. (laughs) I was drafting him regardless. I'm not, not, you know, I don't hate the player, right? You got to hate, you know, you hate the game. But, like, man, if you went in with a willy-nilly draft, all the injury strategies in, like, a draft champions, let's say, gosh, man, you really came out smelling like roses. All right. You you got all these guys so late. How about about James Paxton? Paxton goes right. I I mean, I think Paxton is going to be forgotten. Will he be completely healed, right? Depending, yeah, when is he going to be out until? I understand. Well, listen, the 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 back thing also I, is not. It was not like a bulge disc or herniation. He had like a little cyst remove, I think. So it wasn't like a structural. You know, it wasn't a structural thing, which is why the, the return was so quick. And it also pretends a one hundred percent recovery. So I know I did kind of rail on injuries. Now, if Paxton was Scherzer, I wouldn't be taking him in the first, but. Man, I think Paxton is going to fall behind a lot of guys that we mentioned, and I think he's better than them. You know, well, how about this? His pre-injury uh, ADP. Do you think it was fair? Uh, wait. Oh, before the injury, I didn't have any Paxton because I I just worried about him. I don't like the division, and I was worried about I was worried about injury regardless. You know, that happened to kind of come to fruition, but I, it wasn't from being prescient. I just. You know, I was worried about that. I was just worried about him. But now I, I think the price is going to fall through the floor. And I think you'll be looking at him surrounded by guys that he's way better than. All right. Uh, show Otani. I mean, I'm the same for Otani. I'm just never going to have Otani unless it's a daily league. Well, no, I mean, if you if you drafted him just for pitching. I mean, he had a mid-May target for his return to pitching. Um, they were worried about it. You know, like that's what I mean. He, it's not like he came in and was having a uh, he was having a healthy and productive spring before he threw a meaningful pitch. They were talking about getting delayed for three months. True. Now I guess I, I'm hearing that uh, that he could be back, but again, it's like a lot of you know, it's a lot of ifs, man. It's an ifs and buts. Oh well, no, I mean he's a guy. He's a guy you got to consider though. I mean he he, sh- he could theoretically be fine if it's if we're talking June, mid June. He probably could be full go for opening day. Uh, in 2018, he made 10 starts, t- almost an 11K per nine, 116 whip. He's definitely a guy that uh, you gotta you gotta consider uh, giving a bump to. Like, yeah, well, I, mean, I think what you just did, which is funny, is I think you just you know shine a little bit of a light on my blind spot for him because I get into this format dependent view of him. Yeah. I just kind of automatically write him off. Someone else always likes him more than I do, and I think I've probably undersold how good of a pitcher he is. 
Yes. You know, I'm just being honest. I think a lot of people have because it comes with all this other shine and management worries and stuff. And I'm not into that. So I kind of ding them. And then maybe I don't get, you know, you and I are both known to really deep dive statistical uh, aspects of players. And to be honest, and I'm being completely frank, you know, I hope no one judges me negatively for it. I usually don't even get to that point with him. I, I, just, I don't get to that point. I'm, I just know I'm not going to get him because I don't see him in the light that other people do. I don't. I know with weekly lineups, he's going to pitch that he can't hit. And if they decide midweek he's not going to pitch now, you're taking zeros on a guy. I just I just don't like to deal with that. All right. The last pitcher is his teammate, uh, Griffin Canning, who uh, went from you know popular sleeper to not drafted because of this elbow soreness. He got injections. We don't know any specific information now. So if you're drafting today, unfortunately we got nothing, but if uh, in a June, you know, if we're, again, we're, we're talking maybe June, mid June or later, uh, is he a guy that you now are putting on your end of draft list uh, to take a shot here? Or is he still one of those guys that you're not interested in? Because it's not like there's obviously a price where a guy like Carrasco and Snell, you know, you're going to snatch them up, but canning his value dropped out of being drafted. Is he back to being draftable now? I mean, I, the news hasn't been great. No. And I, it had, if it were at all, I mean, like, and I'm usually not chasing narratives, but if they were to give me a glimmer of hope, my answer is like, absolutely yes. For right now, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it depends on the pit, remaining pitcher pool. If, if I'm choosing between guys I think I still might get some impactful stuff out of, you know, you and I are quite familiar with pitchers going into three or 500, so it's not like they're unknowns to me. There were guys that I like. Ah, man, I guess he makes a last pick. But if it's if it's even a somewhat deep league, I'd still rather have my Austin Voth or I'd rather have my Justice Sheffield. I'd rather have Jordan Lyles. You know what I mean? Guys that at least I know we're getting the rock and, and it could produce me on the outright. You know, I'd probably have even Yusei Kikuchi than Canning, you know, and take a shot on a complete turnaround than hoping for health. I completely agree. Um, and now we'll run through some hitters. <laughs> um, let's start with the Yankees. Uh, you know, for everyone uh, still hanging on to the show here, yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna spend as much time on hitters as I wanted to, but yeah, I want to hit by yourself for sure. Want to hit them up here? Uh, yeah, we'll start with the Yankees. Judge and Stanton are people I typically would want to just sell. Nope, no, thank you. Home runs are actually not that hard to find, except these guys, if healthy, are league winners in a shortened season because of the ability for their output. And I mean they could set records in, you know, short amount of time. Um, so judge and Stan, uh, are, are they guys that you are interested in right now? Cause you know, they're not currently healthy uh, in theory, but you know, they're always, there's always that worry with them. Well, I like them both. They play for my Yankees and they mash. I'm afraid a uh, healthy news is not going to do enough to judge his price where I jump at him. Stanton may be the opposite state. I've been in draft rooms where he's gone in the top 40, you know, that was before they made any announcements. So that was too high for me. And then I've seen drafts where, you know, he's back near like a hundred. So for, he's definitely price dependent. If Stanton is being looked at as a forgotten guy, no, I definitely want him. If we're, you know, like if I'm in round eight, if we're at pick 85, I want Stan. Um, Gary Sanchez is a guy I think this obviously helps. He he had a little bit of a setback himself, but yeah. um, especially if you have worry about the rest of the team staying healthy, maybe that opens up 
other opportunities for him to start elsewhere. Uh, so I definitely uh, think Gary Sanchez is a great value, especially a catcher. We're saying ability to play every day. I mean, if, if there could be DH spots open for him uh, in his ability to hit home runs, I love him and not injured, but again, because of everyone always worried about an injury shortened season. Uh, what about Miguel Andujar? Andujar? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably, again, if he's checking the uncertainty boxes, particularly playing time, right? I want to put the biggest stress on playing time. Uh, and to build off what we're saying, if other Yankees are healthy, Andujar might end up on the outside looking in. I, I can't pay for uh, questionable innings. I, I really, I'm really going to be focusing on steady spots. And as far as Sanchez, it's a fade. Uh, shortened season, you could see other catchers, you know, getting more bats on a percentage basis than normal because they're not expected to go six months. I mean, I don't need to go three months. Mm-hmm. And I don't want a 225 sinkhole average. Again, those very bad ratios can be hard to make up for. Yep. And, and there's nothing in the data that actually suggests that he's going to get. It's been worse in a lot of ways also, yeah. Eugenio Suarez, here's a guy who's going to fall through the cracks. You think uh, so? He's going to probably be, you know, completely fine in all likelihood when the season finally begins. And – uh, yeah, I, I think that even though he's at a position that is probably pretty deep, uh, I, I think, yeah, he, he's easily going to be one of the better values, right? Yeah, well, and anybody that bought low when he, when we thought we had a full season, those people who were getting him at a pick 100 or greater slam dunked that with two hands. I mean, I, I, for me, Suarez is a full go. I mean, he's a perennial MVP this year. You know, he's, he's a full systems go. It's an upgraded lineup all the way. So, like counting boost, I mean, yeah, if he's if he's outside the top fifty, I think you have to get him to circle back to the Yankees really quick. I would not take either of. Them. I don't know. I think I've taken Suarez before both of the Yankees, to be completely honest. Particularly at the price with Judge. Yeah. Um, what do we got here? What, what, what we talk about now? Alex Verdugo. Um, a lot of, he, I mean, a lot of people think his back problem is just chronic and it's never going to go away. But obviously, with that kind of injury, him being able to just chill and let it rest for much longer is obviously very good. They don't have a prototypical leadoff hitter without him. Benintendi, poor di- plate discipline. Um, you got uh, Vol- uh, Pilar, horrible plate discipline. You got uh, Jose Peraza, horrible plate discipline. And then you got him, elite. Yeah, play discipline. He is the leadoff hitter for the Boston Red Sox. If he's yeah. healthy, he could win a batting title. So I think he definitely gets a bump here um, yeah. for me, for sure. Yeah, he right. I, I right, Matt. He gets a bump for me. I'm not sure if he's going to get a bump in general. Um, where he's likely going to be going, I think you have to circle him. Uh, you left out another big part for me, which is he's a uh, going to be a tremendous run contributor late. Yes. Well, you know, yeah. I just I thought lead off kind of went. With yeah, it. yeah. Well, you know, but it's it's lead off in a band box in a good division full of ballparks on yeah. a really good team that's going to play the Orioles. So, like, you know, he he's he's probably a an outside long shot candidate for, as a a league leader in runs if he's healthy. I know he's taking swings in the batting cage, you know. And again, uh, no one's drafting today. I don't think so. Today, I'm going to monitor him, and if he's in triple digits, I like him a lot. Ah man, it's so it's just so tough with all the uncertainty. But yeah, I, I think he's a player I want to own. I, if I, if it was binary, then yeah. Oscar Mercado, I already love him. I mean, so, he had a wrist injury that was already pro- already flagged as not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, right. It was day to day what happened. My, you know, my concern, my concern with him, um, I think is the batting order. Um, I think earlier on in the draft season, 
it looked like he may be closer to the top. And now I think there's more worry that it's it might be more towards the bottom. That would so be think, uh, bad. <laughs> what's that? That would be bad. Yeah, yeah, right. Obviously, that would be bad. I've but you've heard I have heard people make the case where they maybe go like Lindor, Cesar Hernandez, Jose Ramirez, then Reyes Santana, and then it, that leaves you know Mercado at six at the very best. And then you know the fear is, man, what if he ends up being like a uh, lineup? Churner and he ends up at the very bottom. That'd be terrible. I'm holding on hope that he's batting. I still think if he's ninth because that doesn't matter in the American League as much because of the way the lineup goes. Then you yeah, have like a lot of a lot of tremendous people behind you. So you're kind of a second leadoff guy. It hurts for a bats, but if he's batting ninth, I'm not. I'll take the discount and still go after him. Obviously, it's not ideal. Let me put it this way: <laughs> I I reached. I'm doing air quotes. I reached for him gladly in the '80s. You saw it. We've drafted together, and I did that. Yeah. The injury pushed him back a little bit past 100, and I gladly drafted him at 105. Man, if we're talking lineup position, man, this uncertainty I think has me away from the 80, but I think I'm still fine in the 90. So I'm all Mercado because, you know, if he starts popping stolen bases and he's runs at the top of the lineup especially, you know, he's going to be a big contributor. Uh, speaking of lineup position, this was not my notes, but I mean, yeah, that uh, the GIF of uh, GIF, however you guys want to yell at me for saying it. Oh, I saw you battle that out with somebody. I always thought it was GIF. Like the, the guy who created it said it's GIF, so I'm going with that. Okay. Um, you know the one of it's happening. You know, I mean, whatever you want to do, the one oh, from Paul bro. saying it's oh. happening, the one from yeah. the office of him screaming it's <laughs> happening. Austin Hayes. Uh, apparently, age, they you got the I got the rumors, man. Oh, that's right. Got the rumors. He's gonna bat leadoff, my dude. Oh yes. You know what? Uh, this goes back to something people, if they were following us, Matt, we have talked about the potential for the Orioles lineup with proper management quite a bit, actually. Yes, it's and not going to be a sinkhole at all. No, it's not. They're not bad at all. They're not bad. The, at the all. pitching's a nightmare of all yeah, night. It's what nightmares have nightmares about. Yeah, I did that right. I did that right, right, right. So I won't do the Orioles pitching, but man, that's a big cog. They have a chance to put together a nice looking offense at the top. And, you know, uh, to expand on the Orioles a bit, it's giving DJ Stewart uh, some more time to get back. They really, really, really like him also. So they're talking about, you know, re upping with a few new, really kind of good bats. Man, I'm sh I'm ashamed. I feel bad. I didn't look up Mancini, but of course you would think the time the time off is going to be good for him, also, right? Uh yes. I, I we don't have any specific details there, but I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he's he's good to go. Um, but uh, there hasn't been details on exactly what he went through and what he has to go through. Yeah, so I mean, he's obviously yeah, this You're is obviously right. the furthest thing from his mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to start supposing, but yeah, I did kind of follow him and I saw his video and stuff, and he looked really good. And he looked like he was in good in good health, and I yeah. you know I pray for him and his family and stuff. And there's a very good chance going by his spirits that you know, listen, it was some kind of removal or something. Again, I don't want to get into guys' personal stuff, but that my point being that he's on track to make a full recovery. And yeah, um. That's a and, second lineup up top, man. So some people are, are screaming, hey, Matt, why are you so down on Austin Meadows, but you're fine with Austin Hayes? They both have very similar problems when it comes to injury history. Yes, but one guy you're drafting like really freaking early and one guy you're drafting really freaking late. Yeah, so no kidding, I feel like Austin Hayes, give me all the ceiling. Don't care about the risk. I'll cut him if, if it goes south. Um, so yeah, that being late, then no, injuries don't worry me. Uh, Yoenis Cespedes. 
he oh, has a new contract. He obviously yeah. took a huge pay cut because he got into a duel with a boar. Uh, he is going to be a free agent next year. He has all the motivation in the world, especially with this extra time off to come in, mash, get some money. But the New York Mets don't care about that. They want to win games. Uh, so his at-bats, as much as he may want them, is as healthy as he could be, they're not guaranteed. But if he is going to have extra time off and he comes into camp whenever camp starts back up and he's maybe all of a sudden he's like vintage Cespedes at some point, he's going to play. So he went from a guy that I was considering in 15 team leagues to a guy that I'm probably definitely going to make sure he's my mystery relevant just to watch. I have no expectations here. This is mystery relevance, a guy you draft and he sucks. You cut him. That is, I, I will not draft him beyond there, but I think he's firmly there. Well, I think he kind of needs to be owned with this extra time off. I do. I think he needs to be owned to for a wait and see uh, reason. Well, I mean, you make a good enough argument for it. Again, you know, you're not asking for the world. I, I probably just have the same pushback. It's a little bit of injury. It's a little bit of age, a little bit of playing time. The Mets just seem to uh, have too many people right now. Oh, yeah. So I see the logic for it. Um, probably in the back end there it would depend who else is, you know, who else is floating around back there and, you know, at that point in draft. He's just, I think he's a guy that other oh, some people, only some people were taken because of the name. Now I think there's a legitimate reason to consider him. Like yeah, if you are drafting a team and you're like, shit, I'm hurting for power. <laughs> right, pick right. him, pick him up. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I could definitely see that. And you know what? Is he an injury away from maybe a full compliment? Guys like that, I'd be much more comfortable if he was on an AL squad. Oh, for sure. But like, yeah. you know, JD already had an injury. He has he has a past injury with his shoulder. Uh, you got Nemo, who's constantly working with his neck problems. Uh, he he went for, for cardiac tests. I mean, there's a lot of openings here possible for at bats. If Cano goes down at his age, McNeil moves to second. Right, Mc, right. Uh, Davis goes to third. All of a sudden, you got a bat. There's there's ways to get at bats. So with that amount of power, with the chip on his shoulder and the motivation to get paid one last time in his career, he's a guy worth thinking about. Mitch Haniger. I don't know. I feel unaffected. Was it indifferent a uh, selection? He's too boring, right? <laughs> yeah, I just, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm not. Uh, right, if we're talking about a crunch, I want a high payoff. I don't think. I don't. I don't think it's there. I don't know because the thing is, they actually have they have a ton of young guys on. Um, Seattle so I'm not and they're not going to be they're not exactly going to be like banging down the door to win anything so I don't know I well, mean Jake Fraley Jake the out. shine's probably off of Jake Fraley now that Hanniger will probably be back sooner than later so anyone hoping for a bats from him are gone but in a shortened season we probably don't have to worry about like Kalenic coming up probably so I mean I yeah. would think Hanniger is just one of those other guys that you can now throw onto your end of draft dart throws yeah i mean the recovery process is they've been a little uh vague on it yeah so they really haven't updated it much so again i kind of like to get some kind of news before i make the actual investment but you are talking about so late that again i like the analogy you gave of the ripcord so i think if people are entering these trades knowing that i have to be out of this quick right you're not marrying yourself to this pick you're not expecting a lot because you're not paying a lot if you're telling me you like Hanniger because you might catch a pop and you're ready to ditch him, I'm always okay with that. I don't like to challenge people's process. You know, me, I, I just don't think it's going to get there for me. I don't, I don't think so. All right. And the last hitter we're going to talk about is someone that if you drafted him at ADP early on, you are, I don't want to say you're screwed. 
Uh, you're getting nothing. You're getting nothing from him. And his name is Yasiel Puig. Still doesn't have a job. If he gets a job, he's still there's not too many openings for. I mean, what, what were the rumors? The Rockies? That'd be a terrible spot. I mean, everyone loves cores, but I mean, they are—they already have a billion people there. I mean, no, the funniest is the room, the team that needs him the most. He can't Giants. go to because he punched half of them in the face. <laughs> uh, so I don't know where, where you value Puig because he obviously has a lot more time to try to find a job. If someone, I guess, you know, trips and uh, you know dr- drops a trash can on their foot. Uh, there, you know, there's always a possibility for injury to pop up here, but you know, where are you, are you interested in drafting Puig at all? Who I would assume he's very close to be falling deep into drafts because people are just going to continue, you know, probably going to start writing him off. No, not at all. I didn't want him really ever because I kind of had a fear he was going to go, uh, overseas. So, you know, as people were sniffing around him, I kind of had him on the queue you know, you're hearing, you know, I mean, especially when it was like Rockies, he was at the top of the queue. But I just can't. I mean, the guy doesn't have a job. We're talking about certainty. It's the least certain thing there is. Oh, well, I mean, there's not a, he's not a no draft guy. I mean, like, you're, who are you drafting? Yasiel Puig or Gio Urshela? Oh, Urshela is a job. Really? I think a lot of people, I'm, yeah, not, I'm well, not saying, I don't think much I, of him anyway, but you got I, I, I think he'll still be drafted before that. I mean, where was his? I mean, his draft position was top one twenty to start. Yeah, well, it should be. He's a double, you know, twenty twenty guy, really, right? I mean, so I'm just wondering, where do you think he'll be? Where is he now? Well, <laughs> I, he I haven't thought about him. Literally, he's a guy I removed from my draft yeah, board. Too, I don't even I don't know, know where he. How you find him? Because there isn't a free agent thing on the on the teams, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> sorry for everyone hoping to get something else that week. We got nothing for you. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to look it up. Don't draft Chelsea. Please. So uh, that does it, everybody, for <laughs> the uh, the injury do's and don'ts for the shortened season. Hopefully you got something out of this. We broke it down. I thought the theory early in the show was pretty valuable for people. If you want to talk about this, definitely shout us out on Twitter. You can follow me at Matt Williams, M-E-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. Definitely follow the show also at Turn 2 Podcast. Always message us. Let us know. What you think of the show, what you want to hear, especially in this, you know, the, the crazy times now. What do you want to hear? You know, we can go live and do some shows. We, me and John are always yeah. go live. You know, we always yeah. tape every Tuesday morning. So, um, yeah, let us know uh, what you want to hear. And, uh, you know, we love the feedback. Uh, John, where can everyone chase you down? Um, right now, I know it's less about baseball, but I am willing to talk about it. And I want to talk about it. I'm just kind of stuck helping people with other stuff, but it's always on the Twitter machine at MLB moving averages. And again, I want to extend my hand to help you all. There are no bad questions. There is nothing embarrassing about being worried and looking to protect your family. Get at me. All right, everybody. Uh, yeah, hopefully stay safe, you know, to do what's best for you and your family is the only thing I can really tell you here, you know, use your judgment and listen to the recommendations of others, you know, take advice where you can get it, give advice if you can get it. Uh, Love you all. Uh, Hopefully we'll see baseball soon. We'll be back soon, everybody. Adios. My, oh, my. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play fantasy. I know I turn two in a day, but the laces ain't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The x fipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. (laughs) I ain't trying to steal second or third. 
Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it into points Man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn two Turn two What it do? Win leaks Catch out Catch out